cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the first episode on Cliff Central of Digital Influence with Ryan Hogarth. My name is Ryan Hogarth, and I am a speaker, a professional conference speaker, and I talk about digital transformation. That's the story I tell because technology, and more specifically digital, has transformed almost everything about the world, and we see evidence of that transformation all around us from the apps we use to the technology we engage in, what our kids are doing as they grow up and how they interact with technology and how it becomes just a part of their life. But my main interest about digital transformation is the cultural shift it is bringing to how we do business, how we interact as customers or as workers within the work environment, our expectation of what we want from brands, our expectation of what happens at work. And so what I hope to do on the show is to bring in guests that can talk and help me tell that story where we can see how digital has not just transformed things, but how it is shifting thinking, how it is shifting culture, how it is changing how we live just two, three, five, or ten years ago, pretty much uh, the whole gamut of technological evolution, revolution, and transformation. Because from a business perspective, and I hope to be talking predominantly to business leaders through through this short little podcast. And each show, by the way, will be 15 minutes. And as I talk to them, hopefully giving a sense of how they should be thinking about their own business and how they are impacted by digital transformation and how they should be approaching that change. So I have a number of people that I'm going to be talking to over the weeks to come. But my very first guest is... Uh, pretty much a, the head of the mobility business for Gijima. His name is Machik Grinisky. Okay, he's nodding his head like I'm close enough there. <laughs> and I've known Machik for many years, and this is and, and this is a conversation we always have about me getting his his last name correct. Now, in the years that we've known each other, we've had an ongoing conversation about where digital is, where it's going, and how the world is changing. And it's fascinating to think about how our conversation has evolved. But so first of all, Machik, thank you very much for being here and joining me again. And I should say that in the very, very first show I had, which used to be on a different radio station, uh, Machik, you were my guinea pig then. And so I want to thank you for being my guinea pig again and being on my first show on the Cliff Central platform. So Machik, hello and welcome. Thanks very much, Ryan. Yeah, glad to be back. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we're going to be far less awkward than we were in that in that first interview. Uh, none of us were sure about where this was going. Now, Machik, you are in the mobility business, which means pretty much we're talking about apps. But in truth, you know, there is <laughs> – Six years ago, it was awesome to say, oh, there's an app for that, and there's an app for that. That was the big thing. You want to have, you got a problem, there's an app for that. But aren't we sick of apps? You know, when I hear of a business saying, oh, download our app, I'm not excited about it. I, I, I almost feel begrudging. Like, do I really have to download your app? What's the deal with that? Let's start there. So 100%, we, we are getting a bit sick, and um, there's a term for it. We're getting what's called app fatigue. So what's been happening is these apps have been evolving, and every uh, every kind of um, uh, release of of the OS operating level um, software on these devices, be it Android or, or Apple, or even Windows, uh, developers can dig deeper and deeper into um, the the low level hardware and um, 
what happens is they're, they're basically getting more and more access to our personal lives. And these apps are starting to kind of over notify us, you know, and it's been a very gradual process. It started with that little annoying one, right? You got a new mail. Um, and then there's the pop up with it. And so, um, these apps, it's reached a stage where, uh, we're, that's exactly what we refer to. We refer to app fatigue. We've just basically had enough. And, um, what's happening, which is, which is quite nice, I think, but it's, it's pretty brutal is if, if your app, uh, doesn't add value within the first few minutes, it gets uh, taken off and it's very, very hard to get, uh, someone like that back, you know, so, so you, you can, you can release something and if it doesn't hit the nail on the head, um, it's over. All right, so you talk about, and, and I saw a presentation that you did called the apps of the future, like where, where the whole idea of apps are, are going. Now, from, from your perspective, where are they going? Why are they going in that way? And, well, let's start with there. What are the apps of the future? So the apps of the future are um, really smart apps. That's the idea, is that the apps are going to become smarter. And uh, really, maybe that's the wrong term, but they're going to be more personalized. So they're going to add value to me in my moment of need for what I need and not general. You know, um, I don't think um, anybody really cares that uh, there's a special on something somewhere unless it's maybe nappies and you've just had a kid. Mm. Right. Um, and so or similarly, if I'm shopping um, at uh, uh, any of the of the major retailers and I buy peanut butter, it would be great to be told that, you know, you know what goes well with peanut butter syrup. And you know what? There's a special on syrup. That starts to make sense. But um, when I'm buying peanut butter to get told that toilet paper's on sale, you know, maybe I'm not in the market for it then and there. And that's that's that personalization that I'm talking about. So use the information that you have, you know, um, use those loyalty programs that people do use to build uh, some preemptive uh, uh, text or, I mean, um, baskets, mm. uh, uh, you know, and, and help me be a better shopper, for example. All right. So, so we're going beyond just having an app. And I get par- part of the frustration is if we think about, you know, every airline has an app. Every clothing store now is probably going to have an app. And, you know, what, what I experience as a consumer is, is it, it's not helpful to me to have Five apps which essentially are doing the same things but for different brands. And I'm, you know, my thought is, well, surely there's something that's going to combine all of those things. But now, from a brand's perspective, that puts us in a difficult position because you go, well, everybody's supposed to have an app. And, you know, it's taken me five years as a brand to get around to going, oh, I want to now have an app. And now what I'm hearing is, well, don't bother because everyone is sick to death of the damn things. So, where should their thinking be? You know, if a brand has been that far behind, they don't have an app, they haven't built an audience, there's almost zero chance of them building up a loyal following or user being users of an app. So where should their thinking be going when we're talking about apps? I think, you know, it's you'll never get one app, right, across multiple brands for sure. Of course. Uh, uh, but where they need to start is really the end point is the app. It's really the business process, right? What is it that they want to try and uh, customize or tweak or w- what problem will they solve for the shopper or the customer, mm. for example? Mm. Um, that's where they need to start. Identify that opportunity that exists um, 
and you know not mobilize for the sake of mobilizing. So a reward system has to be rewarding and engaging. Um, and of course, um, one of the, the 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 insurance guys has done a, a fantastic job of that, mm. uh, gamifying uh, fitness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, and so so that's a that's a really good and easy example. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's the only one, right? There's the economy is shifting into this on-demand economy. So give me what I need when I need it. Mm. And so you've got to start thinking about how to engage my customer when, when he's available. And when he's available is outside of normal business hours probably. Um, you know, and, and personalize those touch points and those interactions mm. and maybe build it across the different platforms. So I think Shazam tried to do that, uh, with the sound bites on the adverts. Um, you know, and you could, you could Shazam that sound and then it would take you deeper into that experience of whatever it was, that luxury car or something. So this whole digital transformation or this whole digital space is to very, and you have to be subtle, uh, but encroach on those you know, a little bit of, of your private time, you know, where, where I as a customer will allow you into my world. So, um, the banking apps are fantastic mm. because what they've done is they've allowed me to interact with my bank at the time that it suits me. I kind of, where I see you going with this is five years ago, there was a massive problem with social media. You know, business was frantic, realizing that they needed to get involved with social. And what they tended to do was go, okay, so we'll take all our boring crap advertising <clears throat> through the traditional channels and stuff that into Facebook or try and squeeze it onto Twitter and and then found themselves a little bewildered as to why they weren't getting response and interaction is because they kind of missed the whole point, the whole cultural change that's required with social. You know, if you're going to go with social, you've got to start thinking socially. This idea that I want to interact with my customer, I'm going to be of value and be available where they are. And there's almost that same, a similar mistake being made with an app where it's, okay, well, what do we normally do? Okay, well, let's stuff it into an app and get uh, some developer to put together and put our catalog on an app or put our food menu on an app. I mean, there's anything more boring than that. And, and then, and then they tend to blame the technology when it doesn't work and they see, oh, you see, apps are a total waste of time. So perhaps we need to take it a step back from what should you be thinking about an app? What should you be thinking about? What's the cultural mindset change that's required to take advantage of the technology that's available? Yeah, um, definitely. You know, I I always um, think to myself, like, in, in any given situation, how could this have been better? How could this have been smoother? What could have been done? Um, or if I'm blown away by service uh, that I received from someone, why, you know, what is it that they did that, um, that was uh, so, you know, so great. And I think that has got nothing to do with an app. Um, it could have been through an app, but it also could not have, um, you know, talking about social for me, um, if you're going to be on Twitter, you have to be available 24 seven. I hate, uh, if I, if I tweet about something and I use it as a, as a, as a vent for frustration and as a, as a thing to get service. Because if someone lets me down, um, I don't want to be on hold, uh, to try and fix my, my landline, for example. So I, I expect customer service to respond. And when they take two or three hours to respond, I'm like, you've missed the whole point of, of being on Twitter. Unless they are actively responding to other issues or, 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 you know, or, or being, um, 
uh, what's the word? You can see them, you know, uh, reacting yes. on the platform, just yes. not to you. There's a mm. queue. Fine. I mean, unfortunately, if they're that busy, they got a, they got a bigger problem. Um, mm. But what I mean is, you can't operate on a social platform within working hours. It, it, it doesn't work. Mm. And um, similarly with your app, it's the whole idea is then not to uh, uh, just take what you already have and digitize it. No, it's you got to look at that business process, understand where you can reach your customers outside of your realm of your business. And and I keep going back to the banks, but yes. I don't. I have not been to a bank in a number of years. I don't. It's not that I don't like them, but I don't need to. Right? I can do everything on. But the it app. is that we don't like them. No, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and I mean, I I can I can even pay some of my friends uh, without knowing their their banking details through that geo payments thing. I mean, mm. it's those simple things that to me make all the difference. And I think. Those are the opportunities that exist. The stuff that's not happening in your industry, how do I leverage that? You know, um, how do I, how do I take my brand to that next level? Um, and, and how do I transform my brand? And brands are doing that, um, all over the place. I mean, uh, I'll be, I'll be big and bold to say that IBM is becoming a, a content uh, a, a pro- provider. They're not. They're not. They're moving away from from infrastructure. I mean, they they own a number of platforms. Uh, mm. Twitter is one of them. Um, uh, uh, they they bought a weather channel. I'm not sure of the name. If it's the weather mm. channel or mm. but one of these uh, uh, weather platforms, and of course they're they've got a big presence in the cloud. So they are they are moving and and cognitive computing is what they're doing. So they're moving from away from their traditional mm. business into this new space and. All businesses have to redefine themselves, and I think it's becoming a little bit more, much more challenging now because the expectation is much higher. Because my interaction with your brand doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to measure your brand against yourself. I'm going to measure your brand against the greatest interaction I had with any brand. And the thinking is if they can do it. You should be able to do it too. So every time somebody uses an amazing service through through digital, their expe- expectation of you changes, whether what they did was had something to do with you or not. So I think to sum up for me, I think where where we're going with this is technology is easy. The technology exists for for you as a brand to do almost anything, but do you understand where you're going? Do you have uh, have you thought about the cultural shift in your own business, your own way of thinking to allow that new uh, this new way of operating to exist because social is not isolated. Apps are not isolated. Technology is not isolated. Mobile is not isolated. All of these things today talk to each other. So you've got to be thinking about it in that and one affects the other. So, well, there you go. I mean, that's in 15 minutes. I, I hope we've told a coherent story here about, you know, the, the apps of the future. We've got app fatigue. We, we've got to be thinking differently about how we go into the future. And you, and you and your business have got to be thinking about that differently. So there you go. That has been the maiden show of digital influence with Ryan Hogarth. Uh, it's been a pleasure being with you, and I hope you've gotten some value from it. And you're welcome to get in touch with me directly on ryan at hogarth.co.za or on Twitter at Ryan Hogarth. My guest, Machik from Gijima, head of the mobility business. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we're out. Cliffcentral.com.